from iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro, and today we have a super stacked show for you. You know what I mean? Shout out to my fans, you know, who got me this. It's pretty dope. I was going to have it on display, but I'm on a couch, so it's going to look a little weird. But anyway, we got a super stacked show for you. It is Friday. We're going to end the week off right, right here with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast live on the Circle of Debate YouTube channel. So let's talk about it. We're going to be talking all about AEW Dynamite from this past Wednesday. I'm going to give you some of my brief thoughts because we went deep into it yesterday on the Circle of Debate episode 114. We're also going to be going back in time, just like we do every Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We'll be talking about TNA. We're going to be talking about Lockdown 2006, headlined by Sting's Army versus Jeff Jarrett's little stable. I forgot what he called the stable. But anyway, we're going to be talking about all that and a lot more, so you're going to want to stay and check it all out. But... Without further ado, you know, I, I want to give a big shout out to Circle of Debate 
for allowing me to be here on their live uh, YouTube channel. I want to give a big shout out to them giving me their platform for Facebook as well. And shout out to everybody who's watching on Twitch. Thank you so much for everybody who supports. If you don't already, follow the Wrestling DeLorean podcast on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And follow on Twitter at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And shout out to the whole League of Extraordinary Podcast, especially my man Kenny already in the chats. What's good, bro? Thank you so much for joining today. Let's get into it. We got a lot to talk about, so let's get into the Super Stack show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing me into your Friday afternoon or evening at this point routine. Right before we talk about, you know, what's going down tonight on SmackDown, right before we talk about what's going on tonight with uh, AEW Rampage, right before we talk about everything that we're going to be talking about on this podcast, I want to give a big shout out to my sponsors. First of all, threefallsbrand.com, the best rock and wrestling merchandise on the motherfucking planet. If you guys are not aware of Three Falls Brand, it is... Not only the best rock and wrestling merchandise, but it is the home of the Wrestling DeLorean merchandise, such as this dope-ass shirt inspired by the old ECFNW. We got the Wrestling FN DeLorean shirt. We have uh, a couple cool designs, so make sure you go follow 3FallsBrand.com. Um, if you want to know more about 3FallsBrand, I'm going to let the homie Mean Gene tell you all about it, who is the CEO but definitely check them out. You know what I mean? They're great supporters of the podcast. They make great merchandise and they believe in the mission and I believe in their mission. So definitely check out threefallsbrand.com. Hey listeners, this is Mean Gene of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so, check out threefallsbrand.com for all your WrestlePunk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from, whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits. We've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at 3FallsBrand. Again, check us out at 3FallsBrand.com and on Instagram at 3FallsBrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Definitely big shout out to threefallsbrand.com, but also big shout out to my new sponsor, manscaped.com. If you are going to need anything in the male grooming area of your life, go to manscaped.com and not just go there. Purchase any item on the website using the promo code DeLorean to get 20% off. This is site-wide. You don't have to, you could get anything from boxers to the fucking weed whacker, which is good for the nose hairs, the ear hair. You could go with the What's the, the lawnmower? Which, you know, that's a little for the... But make sure if you're on the manscaped.com, make sure you are using the promo code DeLorean to get 20% off. Shout out to Manscaped. I appreciate you guys sponsoring the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. All right. So we're going to start out talking about AEW from this past Wednesday. 
I thought it was a good show. It was definitely a better show than the last couple weeks, in my opinion. And I think that AEW is consistent with putting on good shows. I did have my gripes about it. I'm going to try to stay more positive than negative here, but I will tell you my, you know, my some some of my concerns. So right off the bat, Brody King versus Darby Allen was a fucking banger. This shit was batshit crazy. I said it last night on Circle Debate. This shit was insane. Right off the bat, like I took, I put the show on and I went to go get, grab a water. I come back and Brody King's already bloody. So I had to restart the whole thing. I was like, all right, what just happened? I got to restart this. I don't know what's going on. Someone's already bleeding buckets and. Man, that match delivered. I, I would love to see where this is going. I could see this becoming a a trios match between the House of Black versus Brody King. Well, the House of Black versus Sting, Darby Allen, and Miro, which I'm all for. Uh, speaking of Miro, his promo with uh, Julia Hart was fucking awesome. I think that Miro is a complete package. I think Miro could be a world champion in AEW, and I would have no problem with it. I think Miro is more believable than half of the roster any fucking way. So I definitely think that he is just on the cusp of great things. I just don't know why, you know, still to this day, he's been there for over a year. We still haven't seen Miro get a world title shot. Miro is a guy who deserves a world title shot. He has a complete package with the whole Redeemer gimmick. So I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is. There is the rumors that Miro's upset about his spot in AEW. And if I'm him, I'm, I'd be upset too. If I'm cutting the type of promos that he's cutting, if I'm having the type of matches he's having, and I'm over here as one of the most believable wrestlers that you have on your roster, and I got the star power and the believability, it's like, why would I not get a shot? Why would I have to take a step back for people like Mance Warner to come into the uh, come into the company, not even sign, and then have matches against your world champion? Why is Miro not in that spot? So I can understand his grievances. But nonetheless, like I said, I'm going to try to stay positive. Big shout-out to uh, the main event. Even though I have my shit to say about that too. The main event between Lionheart, Chris Jericho, and John Moxley. It was really nice to see, you know, the Lionheart gimmick back. I thought that was nostalgia as fuck. Um, especially him coming out with the old vest, the old gear, and the white zombie song. Like, if you don't know, that was his song in New Japan. That was his song in War. And that was his song in ECW. So to have him come out to that was pretty dope for me. I was loving that. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, I thought it was a great main event. My only problem is the blood. And that's coming from someone who's an ECW fucking mark. My problem is the blood. And I'm going to tell you why. John Moxley bleeds in every one of his matches. Now, if blood is supposed to add to a match, and he's bleeding every single match, is it really adding anything? I said it last night on the Circle of Debate. If you got a surprise gift every day and you expect it to continue getting that surprise gift every day, is it really a surprise? No, because you're expecting it. A surprise is supposed to be unexpected. So if you're expecting it, how is that a surprise? If you are bleeding on every match and blood is supposed to enhance the match, then it's not enhancing anything because you're just going to get used to it. Every matchup that John Moxley has been in in the last month, John Moxley bled. Blood and guts, that was understandable. But he bled against Roosh. He bled against Kanosuke Takeshita. First of all, 
Roosh and Kanosuke Takeshita, those two matches could have just been pure style matches. They could have been just off of John Moxley's athleticism and his technical wrestling. He didn't have to go bleeding in those matches. But John Moxley bleeds to bleed. So when he's in a match against a Chris Jericho and he's bleeding and it's a main event of Dynamite and it's supposed to add so much to the show or to the matchup, it ain't going to have that effect if it happens every single week. You know what I mean? So that that's that's my only problem. Like, if you're going to bleed weekly, then when you don't bleed, that's the fucking surprise. If John Moxley is bleeding against guys like Kanosuke Takeshita, and then guys like Mance Warner, who's not even signed to the company, and I talked my shit about that last week, how a man who's not even signed to the company is making your fucking champion bleed, how stupid that is. If you're going to have that happen, then when he's bleeding against Chris Jericho, it's not going to have that same effect. That's my only problem with it. The match was good, but it it didn't need to be booked as a hardcore matchup. We had a guy who was trained by Stu Hart. This was the character that he was bringing back the the last uh the last was it student of Stu Hart's dungeon, right? Showing that he could still go and he could still be technical with the best of them. John Moxley, who has technical, you know, prowess, he he didn't have to go into this match of bleeding. So it's like, I don't know. Let's see what Underground Temple has to say here in the chat. He says John Moxley bleeds more than Ric Flair at this point. That is a motherfucking fact. Like, yo, when you're bleeding against guys who are not even signed to the company like Mance Warner, that'll make sense to me. The one way I see that that would make sense is John Moxley is a GCW champion. Mance Warner is a GCW wrestler. If that was for the GCW title and it's on AEW television, being that GCW is a hardcore promotion, I would understand a little bit of blood. But I don't understand it when the GCW title is not even mentioned and you have a guy who's a relatively unknown coming in, not even signed with the company, making your world champion bleed. What does that say about your world champion? That anybody could just walk in and beat his ass. Like, does that make any fucking sense? No. Not to me, at least. Not to me at all. And it's because of matches like that when John Moxley's going against a Chris Jericho where you expect to have a big matchup and then he bleeds you're taking away from that element of blood because you have it every week. AEW has their wrestlers bleed to bleed just to say, hey, we still do that shit over here. We're not like the WWE where we don't, you know, don't have blood. Like, we still do that. But just doing it to do it takes away from the reason why people used to do it in the first place. But nonetheless, still a good matchup. Um... CM Punk made his return after the matchup when he saved John Moxley from getting beat down by the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. And my thoughts on that is CM Punk did not look 100% in my opinion. Um, I, I don't know why, you know, I, I'm, I'm a Punk fan, right? I like CM Punk, but I don't know why Excalibur and Taz was going off on, oh my God, look at the shape that he's in. CM Punk kind of looked the same. Like he, he looked the same like before he left. So, like, oh, my God, look at the shape. It wasn't, like, that much of a difference. You know what I mean? What's up, Brian Cook? Thank you for tuning in. Brian Cook says, John Moxley's now Crimson Moxley. Yeah, I would say that. My man bleeds every single week. Underground Temple says, I'm hyped for the AEW trios tile. Thank you for bringing that up. You know what I mean? I'm about to talk about that right now. Uh, but first, just to finish out with Punk, I, I'm glad that CM Punk is back. Hopefully, he's fully rehabbed and ready to go. 
And if he has that matchup with John Moxley to unify the titles at All Out, that's going to be a big matchup, especially, especially being in Chicago. And in my opinion, you know, shout out to Ivan. Ivan mentioned it last night, so I don't want to take credit for this. Ivan brought up the idea, Ivan from Circle of Debate, brought up the idea that maybe you have MJF finally return, maybe screwing CM Punk out of the title, or, you know, returning after CM Punk beats John Moxley, have him return, and that's the next feud. That would be dope. If we see MJF back, that would be dope. You know, it was big for them to get back a CM Punk because that was a big guy that you needed on that show who was, you know, on the sidelines. MJF is another big name that's on the sidelines. Daniel Brian Danielson's another big name on the sidelines. Kenny Omega's another big name on the sidelines. So to have Brian Danielson back next week, to have uh, CM Punk back now, to have Brian Danielson back, like I said, to have Kenny Omega possibly be back, we're going to talk about that in a second, and to have MJF possibly come back, AEW is looking a lot more interesting. But nonetheless, uh, the trio's title tournament, that is insanely stacked. That tournament is insanely stacked. I, I'm really looking forward to that just because of the fact that we have my man Dragon Lee joining his uh, brother Roosh and Andrade. Dragon Lee in, in the uh, Los Ingrenables I think is amazing. And Dragon Lee is a guy who's so underrated and I feel deserves a spot on national broadcast TV. And it's great that he's finally going to be here, especially with Roosh and Andrade. And with the possibility of Kenny Omega returning next week to go against, uh, well, to have Los Ingrenables to go against uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, that matchup could main event anywhere in the world, on any show in the world. And we may get it as a first rounder next week. But I'll tell you what, I don't see Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks winning. I see Los Ingrenables winning. And I'll tell you why. I think that this is clear that we're going to have Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly interfere in the matchup, costing the Young Bucks and whoever their mystery uh, tag team partner is in this tournament. It's either going to go that route or it's going to go the route of uh, the Young Bucks and possibly Kenny. I don't want to assume that it's Kenny. It's possibly Kenny going against the Dark Order in the finals since they're on opposite sides of the bracket. And then it's going to be like, who does, you know, where does Hangman Page ally himself with? Is, is he aligned with the Dark Order? Is he aligned with the Elite? I think that that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But nonetheless, I think that the trio's title tournament is stacked. Uh, shout out to the United Empire. You got Will Ospreay and Ozzy Open in the tournament as well. So if it does come down to Kenny Omega being the mystery uh, partner for the Young Bucks, and they win their first-round match against Roosh, Andrade, and Dragon Lee, and we have uh, the United Empire beat Death Triangle, it's very possible we could see the showdown between Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega in a couple weeks here on AEW, which I'm all for. That would be fucking awesome, too. Underground Temple says, I read, I read to the finals will be Death Triangle versus House of Black versus Los Faccion and Granables, three-way dance. That'll be interesting. I don't know how they're going to get to a three-way, but that'll be interesting. Even though I think that as much as I want to see House of Black win those titles, and I think that there's no better trio in AEW than the House of Black, I don't see them winning this tournament. Just because I can see the House of Black at All Out going against Sting, Darby Allin, and Miro. 
or it will be Sting and Darby Allen versus Buddy Matthews and Brody King and have Miro versus Malachi Black. So that's the only way I see that happening. I don't see the uh, House of Black in the finals. Death Triangle versus Lost Faction will end in the no contest with both added to the finals to face House of Black. That's interesting. UE cost Bucks and Omega leads to UE and Elite at Blood and, and Blood and Guts. I don't know if they're gonna have another Blood and Guts so uh, quickly. I think maybe down the line that'll be a dope ass matchup, but I don't think they're gonna do Blood and Guts so quickly after they just had one about a month ago. But nonetheless, AEW as a whole, I liked it. It had its ups and downs. Um, Madison Rain versus Jade Cargill, I thought was a little upsetting to me because I really want to see what Madison Rain, a veteran, could do with Jade Cargill. Like, was this going to elevate Jade Cargill? Instead, we got another squash match. Nonetheless, I was a big fan. I liked the show. I thought the main event was good, besides the blood. I thought that the opening matchup was a banger, and that matchup could have been a main event anywhere else. I thought that the Lucha Brothers versus Rusha and Andrade was a banger. So, real talk, they had a lot of good matches. I thought the show was good. I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 5. 3.5 out of 5. All right, now, we're going to talk about a show that I'm very excited for this weekend. It is Impact Wrestling's Emergence. Let's bring up that match card. I believe uh, the homie Ivan has the match card up here. Yeah, look at this shit, yo. Look at this shit. You got Alex Shelley versus Josh Alexander in the main event for the world title. You got Jack Evans versus... You got Jack Evans versus... Is the match with Rocky Romero? I can't even see the premiere. Yeah, it's versus Speedball Mike Bailey. That's going to be insane. Now, shout out to Jack Evans, who I always thought would fit perfectly in the X Division. We had him. We had Jack Evans in the X Division a couple short times. Like I remember he was in the X Division in 2003, I believe, with the World X Cup. Um, he was in that X Division pay-per-view on, I think, 2011. Was it Destination X 2011? He was in that show. But Jack Evans is perfect for the X Division, and him versus Speedball is going to be fucking insane. I'm really looking forward to Ray Horace and Bandito. I'm a big Bandito fan. I think that that match is going to be great. I think that uh, the Bullet Club versus Honor No More is going to be great. If Honor No More loses, they disband. We got the team of Chris Sabin teaming up with Kushida going against Eric Young and, uh, well, Violent by Design. I, it's not Eric Young. It's um, it's uh, Joe Doring and uh, Diener. That's going to be fucking insane. This card is just stacked, yo. You got Mia Yim versus Jordan Grace. Card is stacked. We have uh, Sammy Callahan versus Macklin. Yo, go out of your way. If you don't have Impact Plus, you don't need it. If you don't have Impact Plus, my bad, yes. If you don't have Impact Plus, go on YouTube. They have the branded YouTube where it's only a dollar a month. A dollar a month. I mean, shit. Like, it, I know people, they all go through their own, like, personal shit. Like, I'm not going to say, like, anyone could afford a dollar. But if you could and you want to see Impact Wrestling, it is well worth the dollar to get these shows live, to get Impact Wrestling every week live on YouTube. It's worth the dollar. Trust me. Impact Wrestling is so underrated, and I love everything that they're doing. This show is going to be super stacked. So for sure, go out of your way and check it out. I mean, support real wrestling. Support good wrestling. Support wrestling that's been consistent. Impact Wrestling is one of those consistent wrestling companies that 
rarely has bad matches. What the Young Bucks partner with Kota Ibushi? Golden Elite. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that either. Bandito versus Dre Horace. Let's fucking go. Hell yeah. Brian Cook says, man, my city's been so lucky with all these stacked cards. New Japan Pro Wrestling just had Windy City Riot here in May. That was a really good card. Windy City Riot was awesome. Impact's doing emergence, and AEW's coming back with Dynamite and All Out. Yeah, if you're from the Chicago area, man, you guys are very lucky, especially with how much AEW goes to Chicago and always has these stacked cards for Chicago, but now having like Impact Wrestling and New Japan there too. Brian Cook, you are very lucky to be in Chicago. But yeah, definitely, you know, Impact Wrestling is one of my favorite promotions. They've been a promotion that I followed for many years since the fucking TNA Asylum days. So it is awesome that we're going to be going back in time after this commercial break and talking about one of my favorite shows. It just so happens to be the next show on the list of shows that we're covering here. It is TNA Lockdown 2006. We're going to be talking all about that when we come back from this commercial break. So I hope you guys stay tuned. We're going to have a really cool way to end this show. So stay tuned. I love you guys. We'll be right back. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is the Queen of Extreme, Francine. I am here today to let you know that you need to go and check out this very cool podcast that is happening right now. It's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, and it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yes, three days a week. It's amazing. And on Wednesdays, Wednesdays are really special because Edwin Melendez, he reviews ECW 
hardcore TV. And sometimes he even talks about yours truly. So you need to go and you need to look up this podcast. Again, it's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And please tell them that the Queen of Extreme Francine sent you. It's the man, the king, the god of this shit. Nick fucking Gage. And you know how I start this off. Shout out to all my MDK gang members around the world. Shout out to all my boys locked up in the cells. Eastern Bloc. Shout out to my hate club. Rest in peace, Big Day Hatred. And rest in peace, my brother Justice Payne. And I'm sending this video to my motherfucking boy. My gang member, Mike De Niro. And Mike... I want to start this off by saying thank you, man, for repping the MDK gang the right way. I want to say thank you, like I tell the rest of the people, and I keep telling them and telling them, Mike, if it wasn't for you or the rest of the gang, me, Nick Gage, I wouldn't be here right now, Mike, and I definitely wouldn't be doing what I love, that's professional deathmatch wrestling. So I just wanted to say thank you, Mike. And I want to let all my MDK gang members know to go check out the Wrestling Delarine podcast. I was on it. It was a dope-ass podcast. We had awesome conversation. It was one of my favorite podcasts I did. And I don't do too many. And I've done some big ones. And this one was one of my favorites. To go check out the Delarain Podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They do this shit three days a week. So from the king of this shit, from the god of deathmatch wrestling, go check out the Delarain Podcast. And remember, they do it three times a week. They ain't slacking, they're on top of their game. They do it Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And you know what it is. It's MDK all fucking day. And Mike, I would love to be on your podcast again, man. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to Nick Gage. Shout out to Francine. I appreciate both of them for giving me those shout outs. Let's see, we got Brian Cook says, I seen vids on YouTube of Progress, Rev Pro, EVE, and other promotions, and you guys have some insane crowds. I would love for the WWE to send WrestleMania over there one weekend. That is in response to Underground Temple saying, we had the best crowds on the planet. We give Chicago a run for their money. UK crowds are crazy. Yo, real talk, I always said some of my favorite crowds. I got to be biased. I think the New York crowd is fucking awesome. You know, I got to be biased, right? Uh, but I always love to see UK shows. Because the UK crowd is fucking bananas. Like, if people didn't see that um, Pack versus... Who was it? What was the matchup that he had? Oh, Shota Umino for Rev Pro for the All-Atlantic title. If you guys didn't see that at Rev Pro, go check it out on the AEW Dark from a couple weeks ago. That crowd was going ballistic. I love the uh, way they were singing to Pack. He's a bastard. He's a bastard. Anyway... We're about to talk about TNA Lockdown 2006, live from the Impact Zone in beautiful Orlando, 
Florida. You know, we've been covering Impact, uh, TNA Impact every week. And the next show to cover is Impact Lockdown 2006. We go in order. We talk about every show in its, you know, order. We don't ever, like, skip across. And I couldn't wait to get to this show because this is one of my favorite shows of all time. I love this show. Now, there was a lot of shit that was eh, but the good was so good that I fucking look way past that bullshit. You know what I mean? We're gonna talk about that right now. So let's let's talk about it. we start out hot. We start out hot with the World X Cup, which is something that I think that Impact Wrestling should be bringing back. I love the international flavors of the World X Cup, and look at the names we got here. It is it. By the way, lockdown, all steel cages. Every match is in a steel cage. There's different stipulations, but every match is in a steel cage. If you don't know what lockdown is. So we got a six-man tag lockdown cage match here to start out. We have representing Team Japan, Black Tiger, formerly known as Eddie Guerrero. Formerly was Eddie Guerrero under the mask, I should say. But Black Tiger here was Rocky Romero. Minoru Tanaka and a young lion by the name of Haruki Goto, who is now one of the mainstays of New Japan Pro Wrestling and one of my favorite New Japan stars. Really dope to see Uruki Goto as a young line here in TNA. They went up against Jay Lethal, Alex Shelley, who's going for the world title this Saturday for Impact Wrestling, and Sanjay Dutt. This matchup was phenomenal. Like I said, it was the preview to the World X Cup, and everybody had a lot of shine. Uh, even Uruki Goto, who was a young line at the time, was getting a lot of shine. Very good matchup in the end. Jay Lethal, Alex Shelley, and Sanjay Dutt won the matchup, but it was a great way to start the pay-per-view for sure. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Next up, we had Christopher Daniels. He had a mystery opponent who happened to be low-key, who is now going by the name Senshi. This matchup was great. Former tag team partners in Triple X. Um, Triple X used to be a stable. It was... Christopher Daniels, Elix Skipper, who we see later on tonight, and Loki. Loki made his return here after being away from TNA Impact for about two, two and a half years, I would say. He's here now as Senshi, and he had an absolute banger with Christopher Daniels. Just the second match of the show. Big shout out to Ivan, the devious one. I appreciate you, homie. Thank you so much for always riding. Circle of Debate. Yo, play that banner, you know what I mean? Motherfuckers need to fucking subscribe to Circle of Debate. Subscribe to Circle of Debate. But definitely, Ivan, I appreciate you, homie. Added the description, YouTube, and hashtags. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. Christopher Daniels versus Senshi. Great matchup. Uh, in the end, Senshi wins his return matchup. And he's here to stay. This is not a one-off. He's going to be here for the foreseeable future with Impact Wrestling or TNA at the time. Next is, remember I said the bad, right? I there's a lot of good on this show, but there is some bad. And that was having a goddamn arm wrestling match inside of a steel cage. This shit screams Vince Russo. And I have Vince Russo on the show. I love Vince Russo, but this shit screams Vince Russo, bro. Have a fucking arm wrestling steel cage match. Anyway, at this time, we had LAX feuding with the James gang, the former uh, New Age Outlaws. What's up, people? I'm here for Lethal Lockdown. Hell yeah, we're about to get into Lethal Lockdown. Shout out to Dom. Shout out to Top Rope Wrestling Talk. They'll be live tonight at in about 
what, what time is it? In about a half hour. You don't want to miss out. Top Rope Wrestling Talk every Friday. Ivan equals the best boss ever. You are our Triple H. Papa H, right? <laughs> Brian Cook says, big love to Impact. That promotion just will not die. Facts. Ever since they got to Access, they've been so strong, and the X-Division and Knockouts have held it together when people left them for dead. I couldn't agree more. That's why I feel like everyone should support and check out Emergence tomorrow night. But anyway, great comment there by Brian Cook. I totally agree. Anyway, we had LAX feuding with the James Gang, the former New Age Outlaws, and it was Bullet Bob Armstrong, the father of BG James, in an arm wrestling match inside of the cage with Conan. This was 100% skippable. You had Conan lose to a 70-year-old man. Whatever. Like I said, you got to take the good with the bad sometimes. But anyway, next we had the X Division escape matchup, which is a six-man elimination match until they get down to the last two, where is escape the cage rules. It is Chris Sabin versus Petey Williams versus Elix Skipper, who, by the way, is a legend of the six sides of steel for that cage walk that he did at Turning Point 2004, versus Puma, who is TJ Perkins, versus Chase Stevens of the Naturals, versus Shark Boy. This was a very good matchup. Very good matchup. And I love the ending with uh, Chris Saban. It came down to Chris Saban and P. Williams. And Scott Demore did everything in his power to prevent Chris Saban from exiting that cage. But Chris Saban ended up outsmarting Scott Demore and P.D. Williams to get that victory. So the new number one contender for the X Division title is Chris Saban. Ivan says, I appreciate you very much, Dom. Facts, Dom is the man. You know I love you, Ivan. Hell yeah, we all love Ivan. Ivan's the, the top gun of the League of Extraordinary Podcasts. That's that's uh, HR of the League of Extraordinary Podcasts. Anyway, Chris Saban, big victory. Next up, we have Samoa Joe, who Larry Zabisco, head of uh, the championship committee of TNA. Larry Zabisco said that he, even though Samoa Joe is the X Division champion, he wants Samoa Joe to start going into the heavyweight division. As much as Samoa Joe is dominating the X Division, he's already done everything that could be done in the X Division. So it's time that he moves up to the heavyweight division. So he gave him Sabu. This was a very good matchup. Sabu, this was Sabu's last appearance for TNA for, I believe, until 2010 when they did that whole EV2 and the whole reboot of ECW shit. But Sabu, this was April 2006. By June of 2006, Sabu was back in ECW and WWE for the relaunch of ECW and facing with, uh, what's it called? Facing Rey Mysterio at One Night Stand 2006. So Sabu wasn't long for the world here of TNA. Dom says Skipper was the truth. Hell yeah. I think he was running his own chicken joint now. I heard that. I heard that he has his own, uh, what's called, his own restaurant. And he retired early. I believe he was taking care of, uh, I think, his sister's kids. Or I might be getting that confused with Monty Brown. But Elix Skipper was so underrated, in my opinion. I feel like he was definitely a guy who you know, should go down in history as one of the top guys in that X division because some of his early matches in the Asylum years, check out him versus AJ in 2003. Bangers. Check out him versus Amazing Red in 2003. Bangers. His tag team with Christopher Daniels against AMW. History. But anyway, Samoa Joe beats Sabu. We have, like I said, we haven't seen Sabu since Barbed Wire Massacre in 2005, and then this is the last match he has until he goes to ECW, um, the reboot, ECW When I Stand 2006. Samoa Joe beats Sabu. Definitely a good matchup. Clash of styles, but I thought it worked well. 
Next, we have one of the three main events. It is a triple main event. We have an anthem match. All three members of Team 3D, Brother Ray, Brother Devon, and Brother Runt, versus Team Canada, EY, Eric Young, A1, and Bobby Roode. The winning team gets to have their national anthem played. This is America versus Canada, because even though Canada is never starting issues with nobody, Canada is one of the nicest countries in the motherfucking world. In the wrestling world, Canada is always the evil, evil country that is anti-American. So we have American Team 3D versus Team Canada, and the losers have to watch as the other team's national anthem is played. In the end, this was, this match was I. You know, Team 3D won. Brother Runt was wearing a Dudley Boy shirt, which I thought was funny. Um, but Team 3D won. They had the American national anthem play. It was I. Whatever. Next, we got the world title match. It is Christian Cage defending his TNA World Heavyweight Champion, which at the time was the NWA Champion, you know, 10 pounds of gold, defending that title against the Monster Abyss. This matchup was very good. Abyss had a lot of hype to live up to because one year before TNA lockdown 2005, he had a classic against AJ Styles in Six Sides of Steel. This was a very good matchup. I don't think it was at the level of AJ Styles versus Abyss, but there was a lot of similarities in that matchup. A lot of similar spots. Christian Cage coming off the top, the tax being used, the chain being used as a noose. In the end, though, just like his matchup last year, at this time, he loses this matchup against Christian Cage. Abyss is not doing too good. His, his win-loss record at lockdown is not too good. But Christian Cage retains the world title. But he has hell to pay afterwards because Abyss is not going to take that loss standing. Abyss destroys Christian Cage with a black hole slam onto the thumbtacks afterwards. And then he tries to hang him with the noose until Abyss is stopped by the security. Bloody, bloody brawl. Abyss loses, but I'm sure we haven't seen the last of Abyss versus Christian Cage. Dom says the 10 pound of gold is the goat of all belts. Always want the replica. Always want the replica. I know you got the replica, Dom, and I know uh, both from the Dirty Heels got the replica. I had the toy belt. I had the toy uh, 10 pounds of gold when I think it came with like a little miniature AJ Styles and a little miniature uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett, and the, the belt opens up to like a little miniature ring. I had that. Like the belt was the, the NWA title, but I always wanted like the real fucking replica NWA title because that belt is classic. Anyway, we're here for the main event. It is Lethal Lockdown. It is Team Sting, Sting's Army, versus Planet Jarrett. It is the team of AJ Styles, Ron the Truth Killings, the War Machine Rhino, and Sting versus Jeff Jarrett, America's Most Wanted, Chris uh, Harris and James Storm, and the loose cannon himself, Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. This matchup was absolutely insane. Dom says, feel free to hate us. My man, I I, I will continue to hate until I get that title. <laughs> I got this, though. Shout out to my wrestling DeLorean passengers. Someone sent me this. I thought that this is fucking dope. You know what I mean? I got a little uh, little model of the DeLorean here. I got to find a way to put it like behind me or something and make it look like it's not just sitting on the couch. I got to fix my whole background, but... Anyway, we'll get to that one day. We're going to be making this look like a nice studio very soon. But shout out to the wrestling DeLorean passengers for always representing, sending me cool gifts like a fucking DeLorean model. I love it. Anyway, 
this match was bloody as fuck. You know, there's been a lot of lethal lockdown matches in TNA's history, but I got to say my favorite lethal lockdown matchup was the 2006 lethal lockdown between these two teams. Uh, early on, AJ Styles and James Storm just beat the living shit out of each other. Since Planet Jarrett had the man advantage, it was AMW because Chris Harris was out next. AMW was jumping AJ Styles and just destroying him. Out next was Rhino. Rhino and James Storm, they fight all over the arena. We then had uh, Ronda Truth Killings come out. He evens the odds. Then I thought it was interesting Jeff Jarrett came out. Jeff Jarrett was not last for his team. Usually you have the heel captain of the team go last, have everyone else fight his battle for him. Uh, out came Rhino after that. It was Rhino fighting with Jeff Jarrett. That's what I meant to say. And then the last man for Planet Jarrett, the big bad booty daddy. Jeff, well, Jeff Jarrett had his hired hitman. He had Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner, come out last. A fresh Big Papa Pump who was taken out the trash, like a fucking, he was like a goddamn buzzer just destroying the fucking carcasses of AJ Styles, Ron the Truth Killings, and Rhino. Until Sting came out, the last man, lethal lockdown begins, which means the roof is lowered onto the six sides of steel. There's weapons hanging from the roof. We have Pyro coming out the fucking top, which is fucking cool. And the war is on. This is TNA's War Games. This matchup was insane. It was especially insane when you had AJ Styles and James Storm fight their way up to the top of the roof of the cage. And there was a table, a ladder, and a chair up there. AJ Styles nails uh, nails James Storm with a chair onto the table. So he's laying on the table. AJ Styles climbs a ladder that is on top of a cage and hangs from the fucking trusk that is holding the fucking whole venue together, right? AJ Styles is hanging from a trusk about 40 feet up in the air and does a dive onto the fucking ceiling of the cage. Like, I wish, you know what? I'm going to try and pull this picture up real quick. I don't even know if I could. Let me see. TNA Lockdown 2006, AJ Styles. Like, just to show you, I'm not as cool as, I'm not as cool as everyone who uh, is able to get it quickly on the screen. Here we go. Here we go. I don't know if it's kind of blurry if you guys can see. AJ Styles was hanging from the fucking ceiling of the impact zone and does a dive onto James Storm, who's on top of the roof of the cage. What a crazy, insane spot. It was moments later where Sting got the Scorpion Deathlock, I believe, on Chris Harris, who taps out the winners of the match, Team Sting, Sting, AJ Styles, Rhino, and Ron the Truth Killings. This was phenomenal, yo. No pun intended. But a phenomenal, phenomenal matchup. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Great main event. Great show altogether. TNA Lockdown 2006 deserves an A in my opinion. I give it a 4.5 out of 5. And we'll be talking about the fallout from TNA Lockdown next Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. But make sure to tune in on Monday because we'll be back with another episode of The Fight for Monday Night where we talk about the next episodes of Monday Night Raw, Raw is War. And WCW Nitro from that same night. We'll also be talking about TN, well, Impact Wrestling Emergence from tomorrow. We'll be talking about all the happenings of SmackDown and Rampage. So you don't want to miss out. So make sure you tune in here on the Circle Debate YouTube channel, Twitch, and Facebook to watch the Wrestling DeLorean live Monday. You don't want to miss it. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Thank you for joining. I appreciate you all. Real talk. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Enjoy SmackDown tonight. 
Should be a great show. They're on a high. Let's see where Karrion Cross is going to fit into this whole Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns storyline. Enjoy AEW Rampage. Enjoy good wrestling. Enjoy Impact Wrestling tomorrow night. Enjoy good wrestling. You know what I mean? Let's not be bitter fans who talk shit and be all tribalism and all that. Like if you, I love the saying that Dom says. Like if it's not your cup of tea, let somebody else drink it. I'm not going to take that from you, Dom, because gimmick infringement. I love it, but it's so true. Like if you don't like a certain company, go watch something else. There's so much good wrestling out there. You don't want to miss it. There's so much good shit. But thank you so much for riding for the with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I'll be here on Monday. Have a good weekend, everybody. One love. Peace out. Stay strong. Stay safe. Stay positive. Catch you on Monday here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day... Your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.